Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. Did you know that there are several aspects to grace? Grace is this thing that is so important for Christianity. It's the thing that makes Christianity different from every other religion or philosophy. Grace says it's a gift from God, not something you have to earn. And yet we're looking in our series called Grace Notes at four aspects of grace. And what we're saying is that a lot of people only understand one aspect or maybe two, but they haven't understood the fullness of grace. And grace is so important and so amazing and beautiful and complex that we have to try and understand it fully. So we looked at mercy, God's kindness, his pity on us. Amazing and essential. Imagine a a man seeing an orphan lying on the street and he has pity on that orphan and he goes and helps them. That's mercy. Then the second part of grace is justice, where that man legally adopts that orphan, where there is a legal just claim. And the Bible says God is just to forgive us. He's not just merciful. He is just or correct. It is legally right. And the third one today, we're looking at his empowering or the abundance of grace. Let me give you an example. Imagine somebody, a great mind, someone like Elon Musk or somebody decided they wanted to send rockets to space. And to start off with, they had to go and find old broken rockets and reuse them so that they could test how rockets work. And so they went to a junkyard and they found some rockets that were disused and rusting and thrown away. And the mercy and the justice part of it are they felt the need to help and they felt love for this rocket and they bought it. They paid money and they bought this old rocket. Then they cleaned it up. They put new parts inside. They fixed it up. They put it on the launch pad. They filled it with fuel and it was ready to blast off into space. The mercy and the justice parts are the beginning of the story where they see the need and they buy the thing. But the empowering or the abundance of grace is putting the fuel in, fixing it up, putting it on the launch pad, saying 109876, let's get ready for launch and then liftoff. And if you don't have the liftoff, the mercy and the justice part are almost a waste of time. Friend, can I make a bold claim and a challenge to you uh, as a believer? Have you thought of grace just as God fixing me up from being guilty or just making me declared no longer guilty? Or have you thought of grace as being God's empowerment for you to be all that he wants you to be? If you haven't, there is a huge risk that you've misunderstood grace. And we are told in the Bible that God gives more grace, that we can grow in grace, that grace is manifold or or variated. And so we must understand all of grace for us to receive it. And in fact, there are scriptures in the Bible that indicate that if we haven't got the last, the the second half of grace, the, the launch pad grace, the take off and do something amazing grace. If we haven't been changed in the way that we actually operate, and if we're just relying on forgiveness, then there is a risk that we have not really received grace at all. So let's look at this. 
Let me just give you one more illustration before I go on. You know, some people think of Jesus as just a little baby Jesus. They're the ones who just go to church on Christmas. Some people think of him as a wise teacher and a philosopher and a clever person and a great person. Uh, they're the ones who respect intellectually, but they haven't become Christians. Some people see Jesus on the cross paying for their sins, and they're the ones who have received mercy. Some people then follow him into the tomb and they see him as risen again. And they are the ones who understand justice and he's, he's paid for it all. But then we've got to follow him all the way through. So he rose up to heaven. He poured out his spirit. The disciples were in the upper room at Pentecost. They received the power. But even then, they didn't stay in that room just enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit. They went out and they changed the world. That is the process of grace. It's not just one part. It is multifaceted. And we need it all. These grace notes, all the little notes in a musical piece that harmonize beautifully. You can't just pick one note out and say, that is grace. No, we need it all. So the abundance of grace, the empowering of grace. I'm going to mention four aspects. And the first is reigning in life or reigning in righteousness. Listen to this amazing verse, Romans 5 verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. He says, when Adam sinned, the whole human race was affected and sin just proliferated, just increased, and it reigned in death. It caused separation from God, separation from each other, pain, misery, sickness, death, terrible. It reigned in death. But then he says, much more, much more. It's not just bringing me back up to a level place of I'm no longer guilty. No, there's an abundance. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace, overflowing, extra, more, more than enough, abundance of grace. You know, God is a God of abundance. When Jesus fed the 5,000 men and all the other women and children there, there was so much left over. When God created the universe, he made it so big, much more than was necessary. God is an abundant God. And it says when we receive the abundance of grace, I wonder if your understanding of grace is just bringing me back up to not guilty. Or if you are like the prisoner in the courtroom and the judge has said you're not guilty, I'll pay your penalty. And you think that's all there is to it. No, no. The judge then comes and loves you, adopts you, gives you clothes, money, food, training, help, a home and opportunities to do something for him. The abundance of grace. If by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Reigning. That means... That means being superior to all the things that were holding us down. That means overcoming, being an overcomer, not an undergoer, reigning, reigning in life. 2 Corinthians 2 says he always leads us in triumph and spreads the fragrance of his knowledge through us. There is a reigning aspect of grace. Are you the kind of Christian who's just hanging on? You're just keeping up. You're just so glad you've been forgiven. 
Yes, praise God. Jesus died on the cross for me. Yes, praise God. I've got a ticket to heaven. Yes, whew, but I'm just going to hang on. No, no. God wants you to reign in life. Let's read on. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. He says God gave the law so that we could see just how sinful we were, but wherever sin abounds and whenever guilt abounds, grace abounds much more. The, the Greek word is an amazing word. It just means superabounding. More than you could imagine, overflowing, extra excess, grace abounds. Grace is greater than sin, but it's also greater than your past. And what God has in store for you is greater than you can imagine. Let's read on verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God wants you to reign through grace. And it says reign through righteousness. So this is the first one I'm just going to mention is that God gives you the rocket ship. He not only cleans you up and, and washes away your past sins. He gives you the fuel and the power to live righteous. Wow. Three verses. Titus 2 verse 11. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. The grace of God has come so that we can live godly lives, upright lives, lives that please him. Romans 6 verse 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. This is the empowering grace, the abundant grace that enables you to do more for God. And then Philippians 2 verse 12, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He says, work out your salvation. Why? Because God is working in you. And it's that word energeo, which means there's this powerful dynamo of energy inside of you. He's working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. God is making you want to do his will and he's giving you the power to do his will. Isn't that amazing? Romans 8 says that we who have the spirit can fulfill the law because God's power is in us. This grace is empowering us. So the first way that God empowers us or this abundance of grace is for righteous living to please him. And not just to say I'm forgiven, but look, I'm living like Jesus wants me to live. Have you got that yet? Can I challenge you right now to say, I want to be the rocket ship that's not in the junkyard. I want to be bought by the owner. Then I want to be cleaned up. And then I want to be filled with fuel and ready to go. And now I want to launch off and do something great for God. Receive his mercy. Yes, he forgives you. And it's a wonderful gift. He forgets our sins, the Bible says. He remembers them no more. God has the ability to wipe his memory of your sins. As far as the east is from the west, he removes our sins from us. He completely washes us. Though your sins are as scarlet, they are made white as snow. Yes, mercy, justice. You are completely forgiven. You are bought and paid for and declared just as righteous as Jesus. But there's more. 
That's not enough. That's not grace in all its fullness, the manifold grace of God. He wants you to live right and he's giving you the power. God works in you. God is energizing you inside to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Lord, help me. Forgive me, but now launch me off to live for you. If you are in bondage to sin today, I want you to understand his mercy, his love, his grace, but then say, thank you for this power you've given me, Lord, to live for you. Hallelujah. And we want to help you with this. You know, our website, leadinglightsnetwork.com, has so many good resources. We want to help you to learn to lift off and live for him. And there are tools. There is great help in the word of God and the power of God's spirit to help you to live right. And there are people who can help you. Email us. Let us know. We will pray with you. We will help you. Um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, don't be deceived. If you've been saved, you won't live in all these sins anymore. But it says, but you, some of you, they used to live in all these sins and now you've been set free. The sign of this power of God, this grace of God coming in is that your life gets changed. Right. Number two, charismata. Did you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit mentioned in the Bible? What am I talking about? I'm talking about miracles, healing, tongues, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment of spirits, uh, uh, faith, miracles, all these different things that are gifts of the Holy Spirit are called charismata. And that word charis is the word grace. And so they are actually called gracelets or grace notes, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Do you remember when Jesus was about to leave planet Earth? He said to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And then they waited in the upper room. Ten days later, the Holy Spirit came upon them with power. They were filled with the Spirit. They started speaking in tongues and prophesying, preaching, healing people. Amazing things happened. And then they went out and they changed the world around them. They became the salt and the light in the world around them and changed it. That power, that gifting comes from God. And it is a grace note. It is charismata. It is part of grace. The actual Greek word means a grace note, a gracelet. Acts 2 verse 16. Peter describing what has happened on the day of Pentecost. He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet John. It shall come to pass on the last day, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. This power, this gifting, this inner energy, the strength, the Holy Spirit power is part of grace. It's part of the fuel that you need if you're the rocket ship on the launch pad. Listen to this verse in Galatians 3 verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Paul is writing to the Galatians. They started believing by grace and faith and they just received the Holy Spirit. God did miracles in their midst. Uh, 
And then somebody came in and said to them, no, you need to be good and obey all these laws. And they moved out of grace and faith and into works of the law, thinking they could earn it. And suddenly the miracles stopped happening and the power of God stopped being manifest in their midst because they thought they had to be good enough. Friends, did you know that when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not because you're a good Christian. It's not because you have studied enough. It's not because you have a degree or a, a, a reverend name in, in, your, in your name. It's none of those earthly signs of importance. It's a gift. Jesus said you will receive the gift of the Father. In Luke 11, he says, If any of you asks your Father in heaven for the Holy Spirit, he will give it. It's a gift. It's a grace gift. And so the second part of this empowering or this abundance is the filling the power of the Holy Spirit. And many people think they have to earn it and they have to deserve it. Or they think I'm not a great enough Christian. And God says it's a gift to you. Friend, receive it today. Just say, please, Lord. Let me just read you Luke 11, 11, because it's so powerful and you need to hear it. If a son asks for bread of any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? He says, if your child asks you for something, you're not going to give them something bad. Verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? It's a gift. Friend, just ask him today. Just like you've received mercy, forgiveness, justification, ask Him for the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. And then start praying for healing for people, expecting Him to give you words of knowledge and prophecies and tongues and start to use these things. Open your mouth and start to speak and watch God's power flow. Hallelujah. The third one is ministry calling. Ephesians 3 verse 2. Paul says, Indeed, you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Romans 12 verse 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. Prophecy, serving, teaching, leading. Uh, And to Ephesians 4 verse 7, And to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Friend, there is a, a gifting, a calling that God has given you, and this is part of the superabundance. You know, when the engineers wire that rocket ship and they make it ready to launch off the launch pad. They are putting different circuits in place. They are wiring it up. They are making systems work and fuel injection work and all the different parts of it for a purpose. God has wired you and made you for a purpose. He has not just forgiven you and cleaned you up. He has put you together as as his workmanship, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, his work of art, and you have gifts and calling that he wants to express through you. If you are just a Christian who sits in church and listens every Sunday and does nothing for the Lord, God has a plan for you, my friend. God has a purpose. He wants you to launch off that launch pad. And if you've just understood grace as being forgiven, you haven't understood the empowering of grace. God has something great for you to do. And the fourth and last one, 
is the superabundance of grace in provision. God wants to give us enough of everything we need to do everything he's called us to do. You know, when God calls you to do something, when he promises something in his word, when he excites you to do something, he gives you what you need to do it. Not just internally is in gifts and power, but externally in resources. Wow. When God calls, he also gives you what you need. Listen to 2 Corinthians 8, and it's talking about a group of Christians who had superabundance of grace in this area. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. What he's saying is that God's power was so much upon them, their grace was so much upon them, that they were poor and they were under trials and poverty, but God gave them the grace to be able to give and be generous, and it unlocked something. Verse 6, So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he says, the Macedonians experienced this. I'm wanting you to experience this grace as well. Uh, verse 7, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. He says this grace of provision and generosity is part of the abundance of grace. It's part of the the rocket launching off the pad. It's got to have enough fuel and enough of everything it needs, and God wants to give it to you. But Paul says, I want you to understand this grace. Verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, some people have taken that verse and said, ah, oh, God just wants me rich. No, it's rich for a purpose, friends. The rocket has a purpose. The engineer has designed the rocket to do something for him. He has a plan and a flight path in mind, and God has a purpose for you. And this provision grace is for a purpose. It's not just for you to accumulate. It's for you to bless God and bless other people. Let's read on 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Friends, God's plan is for you to have enough and to be overabundantly provided so that you can do the good work. But he says it's like a, a channel. It's like a pipe. The, there has to be a flow through. If you block one end of the pipe, more provision can't come in. It has to flow through and you have to be generous with it. And when you do that, God wants to give you more than enough. And he calls it an abundance of grace, super abundant grace, an overflow of grace. God wants to provide so that you can be a blessing to others. How did Paul work this out? Let me just close with the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul says this abundant grace made him forgiven, but that wasn't enough. It made him empowered to do more than everyone else. And even then, he says, it wasn't me doing it. It was the grace of God. And he labored more abundantly than everyone else. Friend, have you understood this grace note? Mercy, yes, wonderful. Justice, yes, God has declared you righteous. But please don't stop there. If you stop there, there is a risk that you haven't fully understood grace. That's what 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 onwards says. If you haven't let this work itself out in your ministry, in your life, in the power that you express. If you haven't seen grace changing you, then you may not have really understood the first two parts, the mercy and the justice. But when you get all of them put together, it is a rocket taking off. God has put fuel and power in you. He's put in you this working energy to want to and to be able to do what he wants you to do. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend, my brother or sister right now. I thank you for your blessing upon them. I thank you that even now your Holy Spirit is resting upon them. And Lord, if they need to receive mercy and the justice of your penalty paid for their sin, I pray right now that you would help them to just reach out and say, Lord, please save and forgive me. But Lord, now I pray for extra, for an abundance, a super abundance, overabundance of grace, that they would receive more and more your power your calling your excitement your righteousness uh, your provision that they would be able to do all the things that you've called them to do and lord that they would launch off and give you glory in their lives with all the things they do that people would see them changing and becoming more like jesus that people would see them being healed and changed on the inside that lord you would you would cause them to start to have faith to do great miraculous things to take steps of faith that they would be more generous and they would see your abundant provision come in and i pray for more grace more grace more grace lord in jesus name friend we love you we have a lovely website that will help you and we would love to help you if we can so email us look at our website look at our mobile app and get in touch and we'll pray for you and with you god bless you thanks for listening please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.